2: Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening.
3: So, um, would you like to introduce
0: yourselves? Yes, I am Jen and, I'm and Tanya. Tanya. We are part of the Roinish Turtle Conservation Society because nobody wants another turtle war. That's correct. That's right. Save the turtle. And I'm Jocelyn, also sometimes
3: known as Madame Askew, time traveler and tea lover, which has really confused everyone today, so thank you, everyone. I'm so glad that I've been on brand. I'm here today as a representative of the Cult of Altuun, a sister organization to the Roinish Turtle Conservation Society. So, And we are here to talk about the books we used to love. Which is a conversation we started last year right here at Tuscon over cocktails, outdoors by the pool, being sort of insouciant and sassy as we are wont to do. As we were reminiscing about, oh man, I used to love that book, but wow, when I tried to read it again... (laughs) 12-year-old me had a different bar.
1: <laughs> Woo!
3: And then there was did you hear about that guy and what he did with his wife? <gasps> oh my goodness.
0: Yeah.
3: So we're going to continue that conversation a bit tonight. And i want to preface, as we're getting into this, that A, I made the outline, so I apologize profusely for the lack of organization, (laughs) B, um, we're not going to talk about too many terrible topics, but there are going to be some mentions of child abuse and some mentions of sexual assault, and we're going to try not to make that graphic. But if that is something that is hard for you to hear, I just want to warn you in advance that those topics are going to come up. That's our serious note. That'll be it. Everything else is going to be real irreverent. Okay. (laughs) So. And I think one of the things we need to talk about as we get going is that old chestnut. How do you separate the artist from the art? Mm. Now, sometimes
4: that's a lot easier when the artist. Oh, <laughs> <what they> <laughs> 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 and, and how, like, it's a lot easier to do when the author isn't constantly, constantly reminding everyone what a terrible person they are. That's right. Or when they're just dead.
3: That really also helps. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's very helpful. When they no longer earn money from our purchases. Wow, does that feel better? So, like, (laughs) buying stuff about Lovecraft or buying stuff set in Lovecraft's universe, I'm not like, oh, no, that asshole is gonna buy another mansion. No. No, he can rot with some worms in the ground. He's not getting a penny from me. It doesn't matter. He was a racist. I hope you know that. If you didn't, now you do. Surprise! Surprise! (laughs) I feel like that is not a spoiler, but I apologize if
1: this is the first you've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, so...
0: i go back um to it kills my childhood a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. Mm, that's weird.
3: like some happy memories associated with that book or whatever
0: like stabbed a bit in the heart i feel betrayed honestly me too yeah and especially like well as we we're talking about when they're alive and they're doubling down Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. A We're going to
3: talk about that. Yes, sir?
2: I'm coming from outside the loop here, so I guess my question is, what the hell are we talking
0: about? Yes. <laughs>
3: yes. We're yes. talking t- 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 about books we used to love. Yes,
0: but you're obviously talking about something you all know and understand, and I don't know what the hell it is.
2: I'll
3: go get to it. We're <laughs> going to get to it very specifically, but I think we're all alluding to J.K. Rowling, if
1: you like. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay.
3: Because, yeah. yeah. you know, she keeps doubling down on being a real jerk face. On a daily basis So it's very hard to be like Oh well her stories are fine Because then she's like But wait hold my teacup mm-hmm. I need to say something else awful today mm-hmm. it, it really takes you out of enjoying her art When she continues to be yeah. hateful Yeah mm-hmm. so. Agreed But uh, mostly is to talk about How we love things growing up And as we age We have different expectations and as we come to understand things about storytelling and arts and the worlds, we have a different understanding of how some of these things like were imperfect and whether or not we can reconcile our enjoyment with that imperfection. Yeah. Okay. So do you want to talk about uh some of the beloved books that we loved in the past but they've aged poorly? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll start. Go.
3: The Myth Books by Robert Asprin. I loved those books so much. I would save all of my, like, little teenager job money, and I'd go to V. Dalton, and I'd be like, ah, oh, the next one, I'm going to get it. I read them all. I read them multiple times. I thought they were great. They had these really cute, fun covers. They were white. They were just, like, full of puns. Oh, my gosh. So many puns. And, like, very funny and whimsical. And I kind of, like, ignored that there was a lot of misogyny. I, like, they go to a planet where it's all about making fun of fat people, like, the whole oh book. Yeah, it's, like, awful. And so I didn't think about that, like, as a 15-year-old. I was just like, this is really funny. I'm not 15 anymore. Mm-mm. And, like, a while ago, I was like, man, I'm kind of sad. I want to laugh. Those myth books are great. I did not get very far. Like, the jokes could not cover up the kind of meanness and hatefulness. It was, like, masquerading as humor. It was belittling people who were different, who... We're fat, or femme, or whatever. It was just like, man, those jokes aren't funny. It's a bully masquerading as a comedian. So, like, if you still like those books, I'm not gonna say you're a bad person, but I can't read them anymore. They don't give me joy. They make me sad, and I don't have my copies anymore. I gave them away.
1: makes sense yeah
0: you know for me when I was younger I used to love Robin McKinley and I read the blue sword and I thought it was just the greatest book ever Mm -hmm. there was a horse and I was a girl so of course I loved it because girls love horses and um I went back and reread it a couple years ago and I realized it was really suffering from white savior complex um she's supposed to be of that group but she's grown up in a different world it's very british colonialism and it's just a really hard read and um i just i i don't have the same regard for it i used to have and um and that was sad because i like i used to as i said as a kid i used to read it like religiously and now it's done for me.
3: Yeah, and she's still considered like one of the greats, and that is a a book that definitely is on a lot of lists, Mm -hmm. and it's important to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But there it is, colonialism.
0: Colonialism. Boo. 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 (laughs) Um,
4: Well, some of my teen favorites are or the trigger warning category, that the authors of them fall under that content warning we gave you at the beginning. Like, when I was in high school, I just devoured the series that David Eddings wrote. Like, the Belgariad. And and it was like a lot of, like, you know, you've got your chosen one who gets a group together to go around on an adventure to save the world. And there was this... Wonderful sorceress character named Polgara, who was just fantastic. It was it was a good time. There's like ten books because you have your five at the beginning, and then there's a, like a sequel series. And the glory. I love them. Yes, and then he had this other series about some other people, and I thought they were great. And you know, and then over time, you come to find out that. His wife had been helping him write all these books and he she was never credited at all until much later. Much, much later. Um, and that he just has such very like kind of stereotypical kind of bad portrayal Just bad portrayals of gender roles. Like they're very kind of rigid. And then we find out that the Eddings is child abusers
0: like really really
4: bad bad stuff
0: closet right
3: Yeah. yeah i mean they went to prison for a year both of them and they so they they adopted some children and uh fortunately those children were removed from their care But those children really suffered a lot at their hands. And, like, I was kind of, like, having a hard time reading those books, like, before understanding that. But that was the thing where it was like, man, it's not just that these books are, like, rigid and kind of shallow depictions and a lot of stereotypes. All of those things is that they were truly horrible people. Mm -hmm. Now... I don't think you can make an apology for people who went to prison for child abuse. And um, a lot of authors of note who got their start, um, you know, have also been, have decried the Eddings. So it's it's something that not a lot of people know, but there are articles, it is on record, it is not a rumor. So,
4: and like the other main one for me was the Miss of Avalon.
3: It's oh, oh, like yeah. I was, you know, this
4: teenage geek who had, I, I read yeah. a, a, a huge, I loved Arthurian legend. Yeah. I still kind of do. And then I, yeah, somebody told me about the myth of oh, you should read it. It's like a kind of a feminist retelling in the Arthurian legend and it's a great book. And I finally got, you know, the used bookstore I went to, finally got one, so I got my hands on it and I read it and I was amazed. I just loved it. I felt like it was just this big like it was a it was one of those things where whenever you're younger and you read a book and I mean it, it happens even when you it happens when you're an adult too. Now sometimes you can find a book that just clicks with you so much that it's just an experience to have read it, and then I found out that she and her husband are trash, <laughs> yep. Yep. like her daughter accused her the daughter accused Zimmer Bradley husband of assaulting her multiple times, and Mary and Zimmer Bradley did nothing is that is what we have learned, and it's. It's a hard thing because that was a good, like an important book for me and the sequels that I read were very good. But now it's one of those things where whenever the meme goes around online about, oh, you know, oh, over the next however many days, post your favorite books, one per day. And one the last time I did one, I did post this book and I said, and I in my caption, I said, this is a great book, but please read the comments. I cannot say, I cannot recommend that you buy this book new. If you want to read it, go to the library, buy it used, so you're not supporting their estate.
3: Yeah. So, you know, that is, I think, one of the hardest ones when I learned about uh, Miss of Adelon. I think for a lot of people in the 90s, um, especially, like, teenagers, feminists, uh, people who were like on their path to being pagan it was like such a foundational book i read all of her Darkover books like yeah i've heard great th- i've heard great things about those she gave a lot of people a start like by all you know reports at the time she was this feminist icon who was building people up and doing wonderful things And behind the scenes, she was a monster. And that's really hard. Yeah. I mean, I was brokenhearted. Her husband did go to prison for the abuse. And she did not. But um, after her death, her daughter finally came forward and was like, you know, I didn't say anything because I thought... My mother's influence and reputation oh, for other people was more important than, wow. my, than me or my experience. But, like, I read that and I was like, I can never read this book again. Oh I, because I felt betrayed, right? Yeah. So hard. That is not feminist, to do that or to make someone feel that way.
1: It's no. just hypocrisy. Yeah. And like Yeah, it's
4: it's kinda of one of those things where it's like, obviously we don't know these authors. We were never friends with them. But it's like they create it's it's a hard thing sometimes whenever someone whose work you like and so maybe you think, Well, they wrote this, they're probably a pretty neat person. Right and then you find out they're not. So, yeah. That was hard for me too, and I didn't. I had only learned it like probably within the last five to ten years. Yeah, yeah.
0: It just really spoils the art. At least like the first
4: time I heard it, I'm like, no. Yeah, no I don't want to believe it.
3: I didn't. I I was like, this is an internet rumor. <laughs> no, her husband went to prison. It's on record. It's not a rumor. Oh no. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just awful. But there are other people on this list who are not monsters, and I just, you know, wrote things that are, wrote things that make us go, really, yeah, like okay, all right, this is a, I have a confession, I really love Stephen Donaldson's A Man Rides Through and A Mirror of Her Dreams that duology. Um, I read it so many times. I thought it was genius as a teenager. I was like making all my friends read it read it. I was like, I had a a used copy.' of each book. I was like, no, you got to read it. It's so genius. (laughs) She goes through a mirror into another world and is like, oh, it's like time travel sort of, but alternate world. I was like, it's everything I love. And then she's a magic person too. It's so cool. And then I reread it in my early thirties and I was like, um... The main female character literally starts to believe the villain that she doesn't actually exist. is like the most horrible instance of gaslighting. I'm just like, I'm sorry. You have a brain. You can touch yourself. You have a life and memories. And you have lived a life. She's like in her 20s or something. And she's just like so beaten down. By society on one side of the mirror. that when she goes through the mirror, this villain is like, well, you came out of a mirror, and I imagined you in that mirror. So all of that stuff you lived, that's a fantasy. From my head, you're not real. And I'm just like, how did I think this was great? <laughs> like, it's terrible. What? Terrible. two books. Two books of this. Then it takes her, like, a whole book to get to the point where she's like, I'm a real girl. And I'm just like...
0: Yeah, yeah,
3: like, I think it just makes me too angry now me. <laughs> I'm not even sure if they're good or not, and I'm just like, what? Maybe there's some lived experience. <laughs> <laughs> there's that, too. I'm just like, oh, man, they're from the 80s, and I'm just like, Well, things were bleaker in the 80s, (laughs) so there was a lot we hadn't talked about yet. (laughs) I
0: I just think I need to go back and just revisit them for the sake of, because I love them too. Right. And I haven't revisited them since I was growing up, and now I'm like, I never read them. I just heard
4: about them, and I had a boyfriend once who just loved them. Love the whole series. And yeah. And I think i I when I saw them on a shelf and when I worked at a a bookstore, I saw them on the shelf years later and I kind of flipped one over and I read the back and I'm like, oh no. And then somebody else told me about them. Like some another another woman I knew told me what her impressions of the books were and then based
3: on that I was like, I don't think I would like this. <laughs> <laughs> I think the question is like, what would she help do? If she
1: really
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. I mean, I suspect Stephen Donaldson is like. A, I actually don't know if he's still alive, but I suspect he's a fine dude. You know, like he's he's a skillful writer or whatever. Yeah. I have no information that he did anything. You know, untoward. But he did also write the Cop Thomas Covenant books, which I tried to read as an adult, and I'm glad I tried to read them as an adult and not as a teenager. I couldn't even finish. Like,
4: I think that was actually the Stephen
1: Donaldson series that someone told me about. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah.
3: There's, yeah. yeah there's like, a little rough. yeah.
1: Oh yeah. no no no! They're very rough.
3: They are. <laughs> they are deliberately
2: very rough.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and he, the character, the the pivotal hero
1: uh,
3: is like, yeah, no, it's a dream. It doesn't matter what I do in dreams. Like, I got to tell you all, when I dream, I'm not like... Yeah, I want to be a monster in my dreams. I'm just going to give in to monstrous behavior. That's not relaxing for me as I'm sleeping. (laughs) Um, So that's a real interesting attitude. And then later he figures out, it wasn't a dream. I did actually assault that young woman, and uh, then I went back to my world and uh, left Mm -hmm. her With trauma, he meets uh, the descendant of that uh, assault, and he's, like, never really shameful. He has no real remorse, and he doesn't make any kind of amends or change. I'm like, so you thought it was a dream, and I might have been able to, like, get past that. But when you found out you'd really done this heinous thing, you weren't like, I'm a bad man who needs to think about my actions. You were like, (laughs) oh, well, I did that. (laughs) But I have leprosy. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. That is bananas. Yes. <laughs> 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 it's, it's in fact
0: bananas. I'm so glad I never read those. Don't
2: read them. Although he never refers to him as he's talking about the books as a hero, it is always protagonist.
3: Okay, I mean, I, I understand that he's sort of like an anti-hero hero, but, like, also... Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: Deliberately rough.
3: It's, and it's it's written by a dude talking about things that really do happen to femme people regularly. And uh-huh. I'm like, man, you didn't need just a sensitivity reader. You needed some time in therapy and an entire staff. Because <laughs> 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 those books... They're not edgy, they're insensitive, and they miss a lot of marks. Like, And I can accept that in the time they were published, I mean, they were huge. I remember all the adults around me being like, Thomas Covenant is the best thing! And I'm like, seven, I'm like, these must be good books. <laughs> they are not good books. <laughs> yeah, I
2: can see that.
3: In my opinion, which is clearly very shy. <laughs> you're so you're you're so understated. I am. I am so I am shy and retiring. So shy, it's the hat. Would you like to uh, talk about one of our other authors on the list who just made some questionable life choices with his writing? Oh well, which one? <laughs> which one? Which one? <laughs> there are so
1: many. Yeah, well
3: we could. I mean who added who added um RH to the list? Oh that was me. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean in oh, full dis- like in
4: full <laughs> disclosure, there's some of these that I didn't read necessarily when I was like a teenager. Like I first read Heinlein when I was in my twenties. And or like late teens, like it was like early twenties. And the first thing I read by him, I think, was um Job the Non-Believer.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And this friend that I knew in high school was like, "You need to read this. It's amazing." And I'm like, "All right." And we borrowed it, and it was like he he loaned it to me. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun story, but I noticed that there's the Highland wrote women in a particular way. Mm -hmm. And then later we read later I read Starship Troopers, and it was entirely different to me Mm -hmm. than the other one and then later i read stranger in a strange land and that was very good i thought it was an excellent book but i also noticed some of the same characteristics <laughs> and that was that there's like there's often seems to be one at least like one male character that kind of seems to be an author self insert which isn't a bad thing like it's fine if you want if an author wants to do that that's cool do whatever you want it's your book um, but Writing yourself, uh, the author writing as a self-insert is definitely a thing that people criticize women for doing when they write books, particularly if those books are romantic at all. Yeah. And so it's just like to kind of like looking at that and realizing like, hey, I wonder if a lot of people criticizing women for doing this realize that this is happening Realizing, realize that guys do this too yeah. and why don't and do you have a problem with that but and then there are like there seem to be like some of the women in the Highland books that I've read and I know he's written a ton of books and I've only read like three but these are my experiences with these three and that it seemed like the women the women who are going to be part of the story they always are described in kind of terms of being like very like conventionally attractive and they're they're nice, they are there to kind of kind of do things for the main character. I mean, just kind of like there to like they're not gonna disagree with them very much, but they're not there to be like a foil or anything, they're just there to kind of be there. And there always seems to be like one or two that are just like they're just sassy enough to be interesting but not really sassy enough to be a problem. And then they just kind of fade into the background unless they are one of the main characters. It's not
1: just those three books. Oh, it's not? Okay. <laughs>
4: but that was something that, yeah, I was like, huh. And I know people who are like, they love Highland. Yeah. And I'm just like, you do you. Yeah. There's a lot of other books that I can
0: read.
1: Yeah.
4: That won't make me go <laughs> and flip to the front to find out when it was written. <laughs> yeah.
0: Man,
3: you know, I love Stranger to Strange Land. I, an, it was a great book. It's an amazing, like, it's a pivotal, important book in right. science fiction, but I have really avoided rereading it at this phase of my life because I'm like, I think I want to just have that one experience and then understand that it is. Flawed, mm-hmm. And like spend my time on other books. Yeah,
4: I mean, Starship Troopers was I thought kind of an enjoyable read, but it's also very very funny whenever you like compare it to the movie. <laughs> 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 Which
1: so the, I movie agree.
4: the movie is like its whole other thing, but would it's very clearly like, comparably comparably,
3: like <laughs> a fun satire. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, it was, great.
3: <laughs> it was great. Absolutely, Jen. Would you like to?
0: add to our list of people we're pilloring Well for me the hard one was JK. <gasps>
1: yeah yeah. yeah.
0: That I buff. I so love the whole universe. Mm-hmm. I yeah. cosplayed. I Yeah I would show up right, you know, like, early to get into the movies. I, My mom, I remember my mom was a teacher, and she introduced me to them because she was reading them to her classroom. And I just immediately, I just loved them. And then she started going down the turf path. She She went went to to turf 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 town. Town. Turf town. (laughs) (laughs) And just... I think what was really hard for me and I don't remember all the specific comments I'll be honest I don't I just know that every time I turn around I feel like she's doubling down on her hatred and that's really hard for me I do not want to support a living author that would be so hateful yeah. and um, I just I, I gave away all my Harry Potter stuff
1: no, same. I gave
0: it all away. Same.
4: I mean, I still have, I still have my stuff, but I don't really wear it very much because I feel conflicted. Last year, I did, a, I mean, last year here at Tuscan I did a cosplay that I called the uh, like the like party Hufflepuff or something I think you, you said I looked like a debauched Hufflepuff
3: yes, yes I did it was like,
4: like a white shirt with like a black tank top thing underneath the, the tie was untied hair was all messy and shirt was untucked just, it was just, you know, a mess like, you know, the Hufflepuffs had a great party one night and uh, this is the morning after
3: it and, was a great cosplay but I
4: actually like stopped and I had it in the hotel room and I was talking to Jen and I'm like I'm not sure I should wear this And they were like, well, I think you'll be fine, because we know you, and it'll be okay. And it was okay. And, like, I still have my Hufflepuff sweater, but I still feel a little kind of weird about it. And now it's like I still enjoy, it's it's harder to enjoy the world after her. Yeah, yeah like yeah I see you Uh,
2: (laughs) puffs puffs unite I also thought it was hard though in the novels because when you get to book five when she's getting sued by an American woman who
0: claimed that she wrote Harry Potter that that hate that she had and resentment also came out so much in umbrage the whole Order of the Phoenix to me was suddenly like who is this woman writing this book? It's yeah. not the same person who wrote one through four. Right. And then the
2: movies as well completely turned dark and terrible. And I'm like, this isn't. Can I keep the first four and like divorce myself? You know what I mean? Even before the current. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
4: And I know there was a lot of discussion about. I worked in a bookstore. Um. I, I worked in the book in a bookstore for the release of books four through seven. And I had never really heard of a Harry Potter, except for listening to The Daily Show make fun of the people who thought it was demonic. <laughs> <laughs> Until I started there, and my manager was like, oh, honey, you need to read these. But, like, there was a lot of discussion at the time about, well, she's aging the books up with her audience. But really, when you read that book, it's like, no, I'm nope. not
1: sure about that. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah. And so, like, so, yeah, it's like, yeah, that was kind of rough.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Those books, that series, got real dark real fast. we oh. were
2: talking about J.K. I even that one. You know, yeah, my, I had, I had heard about it, but I haven't read any of the books. It's My nephew, was in fourth grade, said. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. It's okay. So Aunt Shelby, can you read these? I really like these books, and so I'm like, "Well, I don't have them. I'll loan you mine I'm like, "I'm in." <laughs> so he already he was up to book four because that's that was out. So I read one through three because he was rereading book four for the yeah. it was a bazillion yeah. time. He actually disintegrated this book. Uh-huh. I would watch it, and it was, okay, well, cover's yeah. a little torn. That's cool. And then this cover was gone. Next week, I saw it again. He no, started all. picking at the the, the 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 cover, and then the cover was gone. And then it was torn in half. <laughs> so we called it the Well Life Edition. Um, and then after book four, I bought both nephews, the book. So we all three of us had our own book, and then we would talk about it. And then, turning, finding out, they're both in their late twenties now. Finding out, her, predilection for awfulness. Yeah. Things. Yes. I was sitting there. I'm like, oh. I obviously do not subscribe to that crap.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: But it was, and I was torn too, because I had these memories mm-hmm. with my nephews and how.
1: You know, that's, my That's the, what a lot of people are into.
2: Yeah, and I was like, you know what? Screw it. My nephews brought me this world. This world is for... So I have my books. Because yes. they have... I see them, and I see my nephews. And I, re, I do remember reading the first book I read when the, uh, the pictures move.
1: Mm-hmm. But I remember
2: when I was a kid reading a book, and the pictures moved like that. Huh. And I'm sitting there going, where did I hear from that? And then I was in one of my college classes, and her, her daughter refuses to read them because she ripped off a lot of dolls. Oh, doll. oh, doll.
1: oh, doll. oh, huh. We hmm. Did not know that. Yep. Yeah, I've
2: had people refer uh, say that the Worst Witch uh, was inspiration for the Harry Potter novels as well. I so she it. borrowed stuff, obviously. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we.
4: I mean they made a but, Netflix series
2: out of the But that's age. not that's right. not a demonization, it's her behavior that's the, just the yeah.
4: issue. Right. Yeah.
2: yeah. So yep. It's Harry Potter is all my nephew's.
3: And you know, I've seen a lot of people, especially in the online community spaces, talking about how they just have divorced the books from the author. Yeah. Because, you know, there are like especially my friends who are trans, like those books when they were kids, really gave them a lot of inspiration and help and support and made them feel like they could, you know, navigate this experience Mm -hmm. that they were having. And so they don't want to like give up that book. And Mm -hmm. I'm never going to say anything hateful or belittle fans because I personally feel like the fans are what made those books
0: actually great. Yeah, Yeah.
3: And it was like the way that people riffed off of the books Mm -hmm. and the art they created and I'm like, if you want to buy on Etsy Mm -hmm. from independent creators, spend those dollar-dollar bills, y'all. But I'm not going to give her dollars anymore.
4: She hasn't. She has plenty. Yeah, Yeah, she has plenty.
2: plenty. (laughs) If there's
3: something I want, I go to eBay. What's used? Right? (laughs) 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 Absolutely. Um, uh, So in the second row, in, in
2: Loki, uh, I was yeah. saying for the, the fifth book that I couldn't even read that one. It was the only one of the series that I just I couldn't even get into it. I read like three chapters, and I was like, okay, done with this one. Yeah, mm. yeah. I couldn't even get through it. was yeah. just too much yeah, yelling the and it. stuff it's, going on with the characters. Different. I'm
4: just like, you guys aren't doing anything fun, so I'm not gonna <laughs> read this book
2: anymore. <laughs> yeah,
1: so,
4: full, full on, just skip that one.
1: It's, it's absolutely skippable. <laughs> I was going to say, I got into an argument online about Harry Potter because reasonably, the person I was arguing with was like, I just hate J.K. Rowling, now I can't. And reasonably, but um, I don't subscribe to the notion that you find out an artist sucks and therefore their art inherently sucks. I just don't believe in that. Harry Potter saved my life. Saved the lives of some of my friends, lots and lots of strangers. And my generation was obsessed with it. So when people say, oh, Harry Potter just sucks now, Mm, J.K. Rowling sucks now. Yeah. Yeah. We sucked previously too. Um, but it's not Harry Potter's fault. It's not Matilda's fault that Roald Dahl was sucky. It's not, you know, it's not a Disney character's fault that Disney was sucky. Yeah, they're right. different. Sometimes you can separate the artists. Yeah, you can. But you can't your where, where your money's going at that point. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I think that's that was a question we all wanted to pose to you and hear back from you guys is, are you able to make that separation, you know, where is that line for you? And I think
3: Harry Potter is one of the hardest ones because, as you say,
1: mm-hmm. those
3: books really did provide a bastion for so many young people, and they really did save a lot of young people and they're still beloved and like yeah right I'm not I can't trash that
4: yeah because it's to do that would be incredibly wrong yeah is you can enjoy a piece of you which also is kind of like a related topic because like you can enjoy a piece of, you can enjoy a piece of media that's problematic as long as you're willing to acknowledge the problems Yeah, yeah yeah and that because I think that's important to do
3: absolutely and that's like you know we could actually just host a (laughs) panel about Harry Potter right and like it's it's own very deep well and topic and there's a lot there
4: maybe one year we will
3: it's quite possible (laughs) but you know like we also have Orson Scott Card on our list Mm -hmm. and like Man, Ender's Game, I still consider it to be like an exceptional novel, and I love *Speaker for the Dead*. Like that is a great book. It's very hard for me to reconcile the person who wrote those books, with the person that he is. With the person that he is, those books are so much more compassionate, thoughtful, insightful, humane than he is, and I'm just like. Wow, man. Like, and the books are flawed. nothing is perfect. No art is above criticism. Like that's just the reality, but they're still great works, and it's really like, I cannot tell people to buy Orson Scott Card's books new ever I don't yeah. don't give him money he's got he's also got plenty of money don't give him more he's not a nice person he's you know he's a rabid homophobe we have it on our list in those words <laughs> and so but I love those books mm-hmm. they're really good I'd never read him I never read
4: a lot of science fiction I read mostly fantasy I still mostly do and i never read a lot of science fiction until I met my husband and I think he was the one who'd read Ender's Game yeah and I read it and was like, "This is really good. Holy crap. And then they did. He went back and he did kind of the events from Ender's best friend's point of view, and I've read at least one or two of those. Also excellent books. Yeah. So when I felt like when I read the thing the things that he had said,
3: I was like, "What yeah. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Yes,.
1: Okay. I was just gonna add that sometimes a person's art is the best part of it. That's true. <laughs> That's, That's a true. really That's good point. The, yeah. It is.
0: I just think, I, I don't know, for me, I feel like the artist and the art are so connected. It, it's just like we were talking about singers, right, and, yeah. and, and musicians. Like, if I find out they're horrible people, I suddenly don't enjoy listening to them as much anymore. I don't, I don't dismiss that what the art is is good. You know? I and I see it. like people still finding the value in it, but for me it just takes all the enjoyment away. Yeah. And of I think it varies by
3: the art and the person. It does. And does. you have to take it on a face by Very
1: yeah. true. You Very know. True.
3: And that's with they, we're in November and we we've had some no nuance November moments. Hi. But like <laughs> really there is a lot of nuance in how you parse like how you feel about Ow! the things you loved when you were younger as you read them as an older person with more knowledge. Yeah. 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 So, but we're not only going to talk about bad stuff. That's not how we are. We're also going to talk about talk fun stuff. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. That we love. Right. So, books we still love. Yeah. Yay! Terry Pratchett, yeah, yeah. Discworlds, Ooh. like another one I
4: didn't read till I
3: was an adult. Yeah, I read them as an adult too. I started when I was at the University of Texas, and I had no dollars to spend on books, but the library had all of the Discworld books, as well as every reference book I could ever need. And so I'd like get my homework reference books and a Terry Pratchett book. And I would reward myself for my hard work with Terry Pratchett. <laughs> <laughs> so I read the entirety of Discworld that had been published to date while I was at UT Austin. Nice. nice. That's awesome. Back in the 90s, because I'm old, y'all.
2: <laughs> so.
3: And I, you know what, from all reports, Terry Pratchett was a lovely human, and I feel like his books do improve over time. I feel like he has more insight over time. Some of the older books, I'm like, well, you know, later we have some different looks at this. But I'm never like, I can't read this. What is going on? I'm just like, okay, I see the growth of the author. Mm -hmm. I really have my favorites. But I go to Pratchett when I need to, like, refill my soul. He's, like, a permanent go-to for me.
1: That's cool. Yeah.
0: So, we were kind of waffling on Tamora Pierce. Because for me, I read,
4: Tamora Pierce wrote a series, um... Thank you, The Lionette, Song of the Lioness, I think. And it's, I think, like four books about a girl named Milana. She wants to be a knight. And in this world, like, the the dudes go off to train to learn to be, like, knights and stuff. And women will often go to learn how to be a mage. Well, her and her brother want opposite things. And she disguises herself as a boy to go and be a knight. And she's really good at it but it's four books and like i was in seven, 7th between 7th and 8th grade when i read them and i was like these are the best these are amazing and i like i think i reread part of one as an adult and like or like i kind of like read through them and it's like yeah I, these still seem to hold up for me and but that's really the only series of hers that i've read and she has many and they're all kind of connected in the same world Mm -hmm. and that's where we found out that we had a little bit of a diversion.
0: Yeah, because I picked it up later in life and I didn't start with the Song of the Lioness. I started out with Wild Magic and it was... uh, A young girl she's like 15 or 16 and she's learning you know she finds out she has power and she turns out having like the main mage in in the country is helping her and taking her under his wing and Then they have a relationship, and he's, like, 30, and she's, like, 15 or 16. And it was just cringy, and I couldn't get past it. So, yeah, we're talking about this, and I was just like, oh.
1: Oh. (laughs) I was
0: like,
3: ooh, yeah.
4: So, like, yeah, my experience with Tamora Pierce's work was very different
3: than yours. It was. And sometimes that's the thing, right? Like, you have to find a thing at a certain time in life for it to really resist. Res, you know resonate with mm-hmm. you and become that piece of magic in your life and mm-hmm. if it hits maybe it'll be that for you forever like you know
0: I loved the little house on the prairie books
3: and oh, they are yeah. very problematic. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot this is not on the list but like yeah. I have yeah. read literally everyone I yeah, read them I? with my grandmother they're very special to me and I cannot reread them, but I don't reread them because <laughs> I kind of want to keep that special magic and I just am like I am aware that they are problematic. And
0: I'm
1: just
3: like I, over here in a box. There you yeah. go. See, I, I owned them, but not by
4: choice when I was a child, because my mom and one of my aunts were bound and determined that I should read these books and I was given it the full like the box set. Mm-hmm. And I read part of one book, and I thought they were just, just boring as hell. <laughs> and I didn't care about their life on the frontier.
3: So it was just Colonizing kind of, the
4: frontier, you mean? Yes, yes. Colonizing the frontier. <laughs> and I didn't care about any of it. And so I think it it became. I don't, I honestly don't think my mother, my mom ever told my aunt that I never read them. I think she just gave some sort of like blanket thing about, you know, what a nice gift or something. The same aunt continually tried to make me read the Anne of Green Gables series. She did not actually, like, I don't know, I never, I was never given the books, so maybe there was a conversation. And I think just because I was stubborn and Little House on the Prairie turned out to be such a disappointment, I, I'm 45 years old and I have still never read Anne of Green Gables. Right. I have no idea if it's worth reading. I mean, but I know that it is beloved. Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, I have red Hair. I definitely
3: read those books. Yeah. And I really, that's definitely cool. love that. I
0: did, too. Yeah. And that's really cool.
3: But, um, also, I my first cosplay was like Laura Ingalls Wilder. I
0: definitely wore oh. a prairie dress like when I was like ten. Yeah. So for me, books I still love that I can't stop loving. I love Amy McCaffrey. Yes. Yes. I Still read yes. all the Perks oh, and like the whole Dragon Singer. Yeah. Spin-off. Oh, I my just, gosh. I love that. Yeah. I was a little aspiring musician, and I thought that was the greatest series I'd ever I ever loved realized.
4: those books in high school. Same, same, same. And there, the other series from her, and she also had multiple series of books. And the other one that I loved from her, the series is called The Tower and the Hive, and it's mm-hmm. science fiction, and it's like telepaths. And the first book is The Rowan. And I apologize that I don't remember very much more than that. I just remember that I needed them like oxygen when I was in high school. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So let's jump, only because of time. Uh, We have books that we recommend right now.
3: Yes. So if you're like,
0: wow, these ladies
3: really seem to hate a lot of books. (laughs) (laughs) We also love books. And uh, Tanya, would you like to get us started? Sure. Some of the ones
4: that I've picked out, I, on the outline, there was originally only three bullet points, and then I added a fourth one for mine.
3: Um, You're welcome to have four.
4: Um, well, one of the first one that I have down is Tuesday Mooney Talks to Ghosts. And it's not necessarily, like, it's, I imagine that in a bookstore, it's probably shelved in the fiction and lit section. But it's basically like, it's just a delightful book that there's some heavy subject matter, but it's very well balanced by some of the whimsy and stuff. Like, it's a Tuesday Mooney, is this woman who works at a hospital and like things are involved. I think it's around, I don't remember exactly what's the name. But basically, somebody, a very rich man that was part of the, the local community, but he did a lot of like charitable things with his money and rabble-roused, so everybody liked him. He did this thing where, like, when he died, a scavenger hunt was launched. And, like, there's clues all over the city. And you have to follow the clues, and, like, people were getting up in little teams and forming books on, like, Facebook groups to talk about the clues. And this is, like, this is Tuesday's jam, this kind of thing. And so, like, her and uh, her best friend start doing it, and Like, you learn a lot, like, there's a lot of fun, like, relationships, like, just like with friendships and people figuring things out, and just a lot of, just a lot of really fun whimsy, honestly. The second one on my list is completely different, and it's called Gideon the Ninth, Mm. and it's like, you know... Tor.com, someone described it as like sword lesbians in space.
1: Oh, <laughs> nice. I mean, it is
4: about it's also kind of like sci-fi fantasy together. And there is like a lot of they're not like the characters are necromancers, so there's a certain amount of body horror. So if that is not your thing, then maybe maybe skip that one. But it's just delightful because Gideon is great. She's sassy and fun and loud and it's great. And then there's Trail of Lightning by Rebecca Roanhorse, which is meant going to be, it's eventually going to have a third book one day. And I look forward to that day. Yes. And it is set in like the, after an apocalypse. And it's pointed out in the story that the Navajo have already been through an apocalypse. And I had never thought of that before. And I was like, wow.
1: And Coyote pays a visit every now and again,
4: so it's lots of fun. And then I had Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi, which was good. also good. And I'm going to leave it there so that other people
0: can talk. <laughs> and I'm going to go quick because we're kind of running on time. But um, I'm a big Brandon Sanderson fan, and so I put The Way of Kings down just for the first one if you haven't read it, because I just absolutely love Brandon Sanderson's um, way he writes mental health. I think it's amazing to have a character that's so depressed and working through things. And I don't know if you guys know, but he actually helped a friend of his. Um, He wrote, uh, it was like a, it was a novel that he and some other authors went in on to help a friend who was really depressed and in debt. Um, make up for his tax bill like he's so compassionate with mental health I just I love it and I, re- I actually kind of scared him I actually scared Brandon Sanderson because I got that to him and I was like thank you so much for writing these characters and the little tears are coming Aww. down and I, I scared the man <laughs> so oh, no. he's looking around there's okay? like a long line he's like please man. don't cry man <laughs> <laughs> um, but then um, also um, Old Man's War um, I finally read Scalzi. Why was I waiting so long? I've listened to the man at cons for years. He's amazing. He's amazing, and I thought Old Man's War was so smart and amazing. Read it. Um, also, um, I read a lot of smut. Yes! yes. <laughs> and um, Whether or not you like it, I mean, it's problematic, but I think Ruby Dixon is really funny. I like reading funny smuts, so it may not sound great, but Ice Planet Barbarians is hysterical. (laughs) And it's got a lot of naughty bits, so there you go. I'm reading it tonight. All right.
2: (laughs) Next. Mm
3: -hmm. Um, So I do a lot of steampunk, as many of you know. And you've probably are aware that I think P. Jelly Clark is one of the greatest authors, uh, in existence right now. Um, top 10 steampunk authors, uh, top 10 authors for me. And Dead Chin in Cairo is a great place to start with him. But like, really just read any of his books. This is sort of like a mystery with some magic set in Cairo with a damper as fuck. The language, <laughs> uh, lesbian, uh, protagonist, solving crimes. She is great, and I would date her. <laughs> right. And then uh, Legends and Lattes, which is giving so much buzz right now, which is great, because I would like him to be able to publish more books, which means you need to buy them and read them so he can publish more, because that was his debut. It's a great book set in a D&D-type world. It's a uh, cafe. It's cozy. It's sweet. There's romance. There's comedy. There are orcs. It's just so good. And... um.
1: Chuck,
3: Tingle. And Chuck, Chuck Tingle. Tingle Oh I love Chuck and Listen just do yourself a favor and read a tingler And then uh, My final one is also Another steampunk read Arguably steampunk we could argue that But we're not um, <laughs> Dread Nation by Justina Ireland Again I just think this is a brilliant Book uh, she's an amazing author uh, There is a sequel To this book and it is Set um, after the Civil War if the Civil War had erupted in a really bad case of zombies.
1: <laughs>
3: and it's it's amazing. It's amazing and it probes a lot of heavy shit. And it's just... really good too. Yeah, I am passionate about this book. So, yeah.
0: Can, can I just interject
2: a recommendation? Flipping back to Lovecraft. If you want to read something that is kind of um, addressing Lovecraft's racism while reimagining the
3: Lovecraft Universe. Read "The City We Became" and "The The World We Make." Just came out by N.K.
0: Jemison. Oh, cool. they're phenomenal! It is the most unique science fiction horror I have ever read. Yeah. Awesome, cool. Thank awesome. you so much, and thank you all for thank being here.
3: Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah. Yay. Yay! We're, We're talk
4: about the
0: We're on tomorrow. But I- thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. If you enjoyed our show, please check out D&D Journey of the 5th Edition and Ragnarok and Roll a Scion Hero to Ragnarok Story. Also, check out our Patreon page for more content and behind-the-scenes things, as well as joining us
1: for a one-shot game or two.